welcome to the High Rankings Podcast, brought to you by Dispensary Growth, the preeminent SEO agency for dispensaries. Each episode will dive into the world of search engine optimization for cannabis dispensaries. We'll discuss the latest strategies and tactics to help your dispensary rank higher on search engines and attract more patients and customers. So whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, Join us as we explore how to maximize your online presence and stay ahead of the competition in the rapidly growing cannabis industry. Hello and welcome back. We are on episode 14, season two, episode four, for those who are keeping along with our antics. Today, we are going to talk about website audits and why they are important for SEO. But before we dive into the business end, what's new with you, Charlie? Yeah, yeah. Let's see, getting season pass for Trestle. That's the mountain bike park here in Colorado. It's in Winter Park. It's a lift access. So just like skiing on a bike, basically. Take a gondola to the top, you bomb down on your bike, and then just rinse and repeat. So we got a season pass. We got a group of guys that are going there for the first week. Opening day is on the 16th. And went biking over the weekend. We went in this, like, I don't even know where the hell it is. We drove, I drove like an hour and a half almost into the mountains. And we did this, like, 15-mile trail with three other dudes. The mm-hmm. point is that I'm going with them on trestle opening weekend, but my legs are fucking smoked. I am not built for those long-ass bike rides. That is, especially on a rig like I have. I was complaining the entire time, and they were just laughing at me. So. <laughs> Yeah, whatever kind of thoughts. So, yeah, breaking in the new bike, planning another trip. I think in Kansas City, somewhere in Missouri. Like, it's work-related, but somewhere in Missouri. St. Louis, just not my thing. Great food, great barbecue. Very, very good barbecue. Oh, That's I think the they're known for barbecue, aren't they, St. Louis? Yeah, yeah it, was, it was pretty good. Just want to keep my options open, so I'm going to try. I'm going to hit Kansas City and talking to a dispensary that we work with. Kansas City is on the up and up, so definitely want to check it out. But what is new in your world, Cat's Park? Have you been to Winter Park? What's that? Have I been to Winter Park? I I don't know. I mean, you never come to Colorado, so probably not. Well, I would only have been with you. That's why I was asking. No, we went to Vail. Oh. Is that where you peed on the side of the road? Probably, yeah. I mean, that's we are in the mountains, Kazpot, so it's not like it's that weird. I still have the pictures. That's why I was asking. Yeah, and then it pops up on like, this happened last year. And it's a picture of me just whizzing on the side of the road. There was snow on the ground. I do remember that. But yeah, that, that was Vail. I don't believe Vail has a mountain bike park, but... And do you remember we stuck in the traffic on the way back and we all had to pee really bad? Yeah. And that's what happens. That tunnel, I mean, I-70, it gets backed up. So I think what we'll do, opening day is... A Friday in Winter mm-hmm. Park. You have to take I seventy to get up there. I think I'll drive up there and I'll just stay for like I don't know, maybe five days or something like that, four or five days. Yeah, um, I would like go up at least the day before because then you're there when it opens. Yeah, I'll get my pass today. So anyway, since the world revolves around Cas Pods, what else is new? Well, let's think in chronological order. The Monaco Grand Prix was ridiculous this year and people keep arguing to take it off the calendar but qualifying was crazy and then the race was really good so that happened um and then monday i spent monday at the beach with friends of mine well i guess they're more like family 
So we were in the water. We were not very deep at all. I mean, like, I think we were basically like crouching down just to get our shoulders wet. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like deep enough to stand up and be completely covered with water. So we were just hanging out there chatting. We were not far from the beach. And so I was facing the beach along with one of my friends, Linda, and then uh, and then Lindsay was facing us. So her back was to the beach. We're all chatting and I see what I think is like mm. uh, the head of a swimmer, like just picking his head up for air, you know, like he had dark hair. And I was like, wait a minute. No, that's like a nose or a snout or something. Mm. So I moved to stand up so I, I could look directly down onto what I was looking at. And right behind Lindsay was a baby manatee. And then right behind her was a mama manatee. And they're very gentle creatures. Like they just, I mean, it was, it was so close. If Lindsay had taken a step back, she would have been touching these manatees. And then they just kind of like gently like swam away. So that was really cool. So that was Monday. Then I went out on the boat on Sunday with my husband it was just the two of us which is really rare normally kids or somebody's with us but it was just the two of us and we were waiting for the um guys at the marina to put our boat into the water no no it was in the water that's right and I was standing at the end of the boat we were loading things onto our boat and I saw this school of like little tiny stingrays like I don't know maybe eight of them little tiny ones just swimming along and I was like man that's cool and then we're out in the water for a while and we come closer inshore and we see so many like a a pod of I don't know how many dolphins probably like eight to ten not the most I've ever seen there was one very memorable Sunday we went out early and we were literally surround it was it was the calmest most still water I've ever seen it was early. Nobody else was around us. And we were 360 surrounded by dolphins. And all you could hear was their breath. That was wow. crazy. But this day, there was a bunch of them. But like, just didn't know where to look because they were coming up everywhere. So we so we kind of sat for a while and like watched them for a, a while. And then they kind of swam away. And then we were, we were like slowly kind of making our way back, but not really in any rush. And we see a pretty big spotted eagle ray just like swimming along water. It was like, that's the most like different types of sea creatures I've seen like together on one day. So that was really cool. Like we see dolphins a lot and they never get boring. I've seen a sea turtle before, but I have never seen the spotted eagle ray. So that was kind of cool. We did that, and then Monday was Memorial Day, so we went over to friend's house for barbecue and pool time. And then I'm leaving to go out of town very early tomorrow. So that's what's that's what's new in my life. Dang. Where are you going out of town again? Going to Georgia. Ah, oh, that's right. And then, real quick, how big was that mama ma- manatee? Pretty. Uh, pretty big i mean i'm not i'm not good with like feet (laughs) like in measurements but she was she was big i mean they they call them sea cows is what like yeah yeah. they're big but they are the most gentle the most gentle creatures like you are technically not allowed to go up to them and touch them if you Mm -hmm. swim if they swim by you you can gently put your hand on them you can't like 
you can't molest them in any way, you know, but they are just so gentle and they just, for the size of them, they move with amazing grace through the water. It's kind of crazy. And I've seen them before, but normally I see them in like the springs because the water in the springs is 72 degrees all year round. So when it's colder, you know, outside, you'll see them all kind of converge into the springs. So I've seen them up close, but not, I've never seen them at the beach that close. It was really, it was amazing. That'd be pretty cool to see. Well, I'm also terrified of the ocean. It's like a thing. I get like some phobia or whatever. Just looking down and not being able to see anything just terrifies the hell out of me. But it would be pretty cool to see a manatee. But I think, I think for you, if like, if you come, well, when you come down to Florida next, when we go out, we don't go that deep. Well, if we're just hanging out for a day, if they're going fishing, they go deeper. But like, if we're just hanging out for a day, we're in like eight to 10 feet of water. The water is crystal clear and you can see to the bottom. So I think you'd be okay with that. I don't think you'd be okay with like deep sea fishing. No, I'd, I'd vomit the entire time. I'd probably just pass out of the boat. Or you'd be all right with just a beach day. Yeah. Because you can control how deep you go in and what you can that see. That is a great idea. Just hanging on the beach. Hell yeah. Well, cool, okay. cool. Yeah. I'm down with that. So anyway, so that's what's new with me. Not really. Well, I guess it was a busy week. And then I'm out of town. I don't get back till Monday, like sometime on Monday. So yeah. And then summer is almost here. School's oh. over, yeah? Yeah, the school was out last week. Also, side note, I have Optimus Prime parked in the front of my neighbor's house. Right now. <laughs> okay. Explain the, that whole, because that picture is fucked. So, That's like a photoshopped picture. Okay, so I live in a fairly small neighborhood. So I'm in city limits. I live in a fairly small neighborhood, and it's very quiet. We don't really get any type of trouble. We... All of our neighbors, we basically know each other. We look out for each other. And so over Saturday, our next door neighbors, they're, 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 they're older. I mean, they have family around, but like we're right next door. Our next door neighbor was like, hey, to my husband, what do you know about security cameras? Because the, pe- we, the house across the street used to be owned by friends of ours. They moved. Then there was a family in there. Then that they moved and somebody bought the house. And... These people, I don't know how many people are living in this house, but there seems to be a lot. There is a a black charger. I'm looking at it right. I'm telling you, a black charger that is parked on the grass to the left of their property <laughs> that doesn't have a license plate on it. Right in Florida, you only need one plate. All they would need to do would be to turn their car around and reverse it, and nobody would know that they didn't have a license plate but it's been parked this way forever. And then there's this other white shithole of a car that looks like, I don't know, it was in Fast and Furious and got rammed several times and the lights the lights don't work, so they can't drive it in the day. And anyway, so there's, there's a particular person who lives in this house that every time he comes out and he comes out through the side fence, he wears a baseball hat and a bandana that covers his whole face so you can't see him. And my neighbors are elderly and he's wow. now retired and he's home all the time. So he sees all these comings and goings. So anyway, so he asked my husband what he knows about security cameras and we have ring cameras throughout our property. So we went and we just bought him a couple of cameras and a spotlight for the front of his house. And 
my husband put them up and then I showed them how to use the app and everything. And my these guys have lived here almost as long as we've lived here and they've never put cameras up until these this family moved in. Because this whole family has just changed the dynamic of the street. And it's so weird, but they have. So anyway, so we're out, we go out to our friend's house on Monday and come home about 4.30 or 5 because we have to take care of the dogs and feed them and blah, blah, blah. And like the next house to us, our neighbors are snowbirds. So they're not here for most of the year. They're not here. And there is this cab to a semi, you know, the whole fucking cab to the semi is like parked <laughs> in the neighbor's house. And so I'm like, and then, so that's on my side of the street. And then on the other side of the street, on the sidewalk is like a whole bunch of people. And they seem to be like talking like very animatedly, happily to this person in the semi. And I didn't know which house these people belong. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's kind of weird. There's a semi in the street, but it is like Memorial Day. It's a holiday. This person probably stopped by. These people were probably having a get together, blah, blah, blah. I really didn't think anything about it other than, well, I've never seen a cab to a semi parked in my street before. So we go about our day. I don't know what we're doing, but I go to take my dogs out. So I go to take Dioji out. She has a specific spot. She likes to pee like in the front of our property. And I see this cab to this semi is literally parked on their front lawn, covering the entirety of the right-hand side of their house. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm literally looking out of my living room window and I can see all of the details on the side of this cat. Like, I'm not kidding you. But of course, I'm pissed because this ain't that type of street. You know what I mean? I am pissed. And I know my next door neighbors are mad, but it's like kind of late at night at this point and I don't want to bother them and it's a holiday. And so I'm thinking maybe it will leave tomorrow morning and it's still there and it's Wednesday. And so I, I called, I called the city, I called code enforcement and I was like, listen, I don't want to be that person. However, there's a limit. However. Like, I was not going to call on the guy that doesn't have a tag on his car, right? Because, like, I'm not going to call on that. And also, you're an idiot. Just reverse your car instead of parking it forward. But I am drawing the line at a semi. <laughs> so I call code enforcement to be like, listen, I'm not trying to be that guy, but this is absolutely ridiculous. And they're like, yeah, we can take a report. We need your name and address. And I go, like, Oh, well, are my neighbors going to know that I called? And the guy said, well, yeah, if they ask who made the report, we have to give them the information. And I was like, that is dangerous because, I mean, I'm not saying the, I don't know these people, but imagine you already have a contentious relationship with your neighbors, right? Or your neighbor happens to be violent or your neighbor happens to be trigger happy or something along those lines. You always hear the horror stories and then you go make a complaint against them and they find out it's you. I just find it very dangerous and i told the person on the phone this i go that's so dangerous you're literally putting people at risk at that point and he said that it's state law now like it's coming in the last couple of years that it's state law and they cannot and will not take a report without my information so i couldn't make the report so i go next door and i talk to my neighbors so my neighbors the house actually is owned by their daughter 
And so I guess the daughter called the police department and last I had heard from them, which was yesterday, she was waiting for a detective to call her back. So, I mean, listen, these guys are noisy. There's a million of them. This car has no license plate and all that kind of stuff. You can let go. I'm not, I'm not the neighbor police. I'm not trying to like ruin your life, but I just think a semi parked out like on your grass is just, and, and it's not like if code enforcement actually did their job and drove through our neighborhood, these guys would have gotten so many tickets by now outside of the fact that Optimus Prime is parked in their lawn. (sighs) So, but it's so yesterday, I don't know if I was talking to you or it was before I was talking to you, but somebody got into that cab and started the engine. And I was like, oh, thank God they're moving it. But no, that's all they did. And then they got back out and it's still there. (laughs) And you've seen the picture. I'm not exaggerating when I say this thing is like there's a, fucking semi truck in the front yard of a house that is across the street what's crazy is our neighborhood is not like that all of our neighbors take care of their houses take care of their lawns take care of their property everybody's quiet everybody keeps to themselves we look out for each other obviously but we all like if we see each other we talk to each other like we are a very like good neighborhood and we have been for a long time and yeah, and so now I'm literally, as I'm saying this, looking at this thing on their lawn. That's so ridiculous. Uh, so I don't know what that, but hopefully by the time we record our next episode, I will have more of an update for you. But right now, it's still there. We have to <laughs> so, put that on Instagram. I don't know if I can because it's got like its DOT number. I guess I could blur oh. it. I could blur the DOT out. Let me see if I can blur it out because I feel like everybody needs to That's see a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll definitely have to do that. Yeah, I'll see if I can blow it out and then I'll put it up. Okay, so anyway, yeah, I forgot about that whole thing. So anyway, we are going to move on and we are going to talk about website audits, what they are, why you need them, and what you do with the results that you get from them. So real quickly, I'm going to real quickly explain like what an audit is. It basically, if I understand it correctly... And I can't remember, there's a couple of companies that have them. One's like Frog or something. Frog? Yeah, we use a couple. Screaming Frog Screaming uh, is one of them. Yeah, I mean, that that like will literally rip apart a website. It's, it's very, very stringent, I will say. Okay. So it basically will give you an insight into how your website is performing overall between, you know, the traffic as a whole, pages individually, performance of the website it will tell you where you're doing well it will tell you where you have errors and and the errors are what you really want to pay attention to because those are the things that you can actually take on board change fix and that will improve overall performance so at least that's my understanding if that's not correct then you can inform the people but that's my understanding of it generally what a website yeah that's i mean that that's pretty much it it's we use different tools, a couple different tools to do this, but the website, exactly what you said. Here's thin content on this page that needs to be fixed. Here's duplicate titles. You know, it, it will scrape the website, which is exactly what it sounds like. And it'll tell you what different pages on the website need to be fixed and how to fix them. So it, it, it will scrape it. It'll take 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, however long 
and then it spits out a report, usually a spreadsheet, that says, go to this page and fix this issue. So does it look at, for example, will it look at your URL structure? Yeah, it, it will look at like content clusters. Okay. And it will keep an eye out for something called cannibalism. So it's a pretty aggressive name, but yeah, it's so like if we always draw the the example of a content cluster of qualifying medical conditions. So like the parent page is qualifying medical conditions, and then the child page is like anorexia or like concussions or anxiety. And with with the different symptoms or qualifying conditions, pardon me. Sometimes, I'm not saying it's common, but sometimes some of the content could eat itself. There could be redundant content. And so these tools will tell you if there's redundant content in there. So okay. in, in terms of like content silo, yeah, like yeah. It, it, it keeps an eye out for that. It tells you if you're kind of walking a fine line or if you're starting to produce bad content. Okay. So it will also, I do remember this because I remember going and fixing some of them. You're linking it will let you know if your links don't work, they're broken. Yeah, so that will say, so like we we use SEMrush, we're always partial to SEMrush. On that SEMrush audit, it will say like, two internal leaks are broken. And then you, like once you run the audit, it'll say errors and then you click on the internal links that are broken. And then mm -hmm. it will list the page on there. So like qualifying condition, I, I don't know, anxiety and then Maybe you, you link to a website that's not around anymore for some reason. That will pop up on the audit. Or if like a URL has moved and it wasn't 301 properly or, you know, like if the SEO was not top of mind when it was initially done, when the initial audit was done, it will grab this. That's why first thing first, you should always run an audit in any new website that you work with. So also meta tags, alt tags, mm -hmm. backlinking, all that kind of stuff. And then does it check, does it check the security or no? Yeah. Okay. Of, of a secure domain. Yeah. The SSL certificate. Yeah. That will pop up too. And really, I mean, that's pretty, well, most of the time that's pretty basic with security of a website, but yeah, that, that will come up as well. Okay. It's just to make sure that, you know, your pages, you know, not just your website, but your customers are secure as well are safe. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, some people don't even think to look at that anymore, but it is a huge deal if you're if the site's not safe and you're spending oh, yeah. money. That's yeah. yeah. If your site is, I don't know if you can even. I would hope not from the iframe providers or e-commerce yeah. providers. Pardon me, but that their tool would not work if the domain was not secured. I would hope. I, like I would hope that there is some sort of security measure for that. I think there is like a warning, isn't? <laughs> Well, at least on Apple, I, I can't speak for For the website, I mean, but meaning um, like, like you cannot turn on our e-commerce tool if your domain is not secured. That um, kind of thing. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. I would hope it's, so. Risks everybody at that point, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. So how often do you, do you slash do you recommend running an audit on a website? We use internal... So we use automated audits. I think we run them every three days or like okay. twice a week. I want to say it's every Wednesday morning and every Friday morning, uh, just because on, on some on some websites we work with, like we're constantly putting up content, right? Yeah. Uh, with, with like big SEO packages. So sometimes like 
sometimes a, a page kind of like what we talked about, like a page will be properly improperly, pardon me, will be improperly linked or like a link will be dead from like two months ago and you have to update it or something like that. So how often? At least once a week, at least get that automated report in your inbox every Friday morning and then give it to your analyst or just yourself. Um, go over the issues, you know, the, the 80, 20 rule, what can I fix? It's going to move the needle the most and get those errors cleaned up. Usually there, there's three things. There's errors, warnings, and notices. So errors, ideally you want to have the least of, you want zero errors on your website. You want your website health to float around 90%, obviously <laughs> the higher, the better, but sometimes the warnings and, and like you can preset this too. Sometimes the warnings are like, low text to html which is just code low text to code meaning like a web page just doesn't have a lot of content on it and it's bad for seo like you can always just update that um sometimes like an internal link is broken or like there's redundant meta tags i know this is so boring to talk about but sometimes those technical issues there's certain ones that need to be fixed first usually those are h1 tags meta and title like on page and then you can worry about the off page after that. So if that you, answer that question. Yeah. So if you have your dispensary website and you don't run audits or you run them, but you don't really fix some of the stuff because time or whatever reason, in terms of your ranking on search engines, that's going to have a pretty big impact, I would assume, because if you're not fixing, say, your URL structure, you're not fixing, you know, your, your link, your on-page or off-page links, surely, you know, you, you might start off at the top of the page, but if you don't, if you don't run these audits, you're not going to stay there because there's just too many errors. And I'm assuming at some point that would start affecting the speed of your website. Yeah. yeah. So ideally the process is before you start, you have to benchmark where the website is first, right? So it, it, it's like I want to say, I'm going to a personal trainer and I'm going to lose weight. So what do they do first? They take your measurements, how much do you weigh, to body fat. I don't, obviously, I've never been a personal trainer, but I think they weigh you and they, it's like before and after kind of thing. So the before the website, it's like, okay, how is it performing? We benchmark it and then we run the audit. We fix the errors. Yeah, because it, eventually like, Let's be honest, if, if we're going to work with a company, with a dispensary, there's a reason why they're working with us. It's because they're not getting website traffic. So you have to find the reasons why they're not getting website traffic. Right. And a lot of times it's low, there's technical issues that we clean up and then it's low content or effectively no content on the website. So we have to mm -hmm. go and we have to fix that. So benchmark it first, fix the technical issues, and then you can start putting on content on the website to get that thing cranking. Then worry about the backlinks and the local citations and all that. So you said there's warnings, notices, and what was the third thing? Errors are first and foremost. That's like number one is errors. Okay. Fix those first. So that, two, that's your priority. Yeah. Yeah. Priority is errors. That's number one. Number two would be warnings. And then number three is notices. So could you give me an example of each of those three? Yeah. So like an error would be... You know, I'm going to pull up on it right now. An error would be like two internal links are broken or like okay. any number of links are broken. And then you click on the link, like the, the audit will pull up again, what, what page to look on okay. and where that link is. Yeah. And then you just go to that page and you just fix it. Right. It's like, there is something wrong. 
you need to fix it. This is where you can find it. You need to fix this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's an error on this page and it's an error for this reason. And then you're just going to fix that. Then we have, so next priority would be a warning. Yeah. And warning is like an image doesn't have an alt text to it, alt tag on it. And so oh. it will tell you on this page, this image is missing certain text on it. And then you just go to that page, you go to that image, you go to the back end of the website and you put the keyword or like whatever you want to put in there on that image. And then once you're done with all of these, ideally you should do them all at once. Once you're done with all of them, just redo the audit. And then the last one, so the errors is number one, warnings is number two, mm-hmm. and then notices is number three. And a notice would be like, these URLs are a permanent redirect, which really isn't that big a deal. It's just like, hey, heads up, an example of like a permanent redirect would be like what we see all the time, www.dispensary.com slash what is Indica. It really should be a blog post. So it should be www.dispensary.com slash blog slash what is Indica. So their website hierarchy isn't correct. So you have to make that technical change and that technical change pops up under a notice, which really isn't that big of a deal on this audit. So notices are just like a hey heads up this is this and it's located in this part of the website but just a heads up okay so in terms of how like google how these results from the audit affects your ranking on google the errors would affect it the most then the warnings then the notices correct and that makes perfect sense Mm -hmm. okay so you would run that every few days, you automate it. And hopefully if you're doing it often enough, you shouldn't be running into any errors, notices or warnings because you would have fixed them all. Exactly. And then ideally you would have fixed them all. And then you have some sort of SOP so that when you upload content or make any changes to the website, you correctly do your H1 and your H2s and your image alt tags or your image file, like your title tags, your, your meta description, you know, all of that should be is, should have a certain process so that your audits are completely clean from month one. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. It makes total sense. And that's why it's important to run it because you need to know about the health of your website. And if you're not doing this, you don't really know. And, and like you said, you know, if you have external links, for example, and you don't know that that external website has moved the page, deleted the page, you wouldn't necessarily know that without running an audit. So you could have all these broken off-page links and just not know because you're not exactly. going to yeah. the website checking them all, all the time. Yep, yep. It just makes everybody's life easier. Just have these tools do it for you. They're, they're super convenient. You can literally set the day and the time that you want it in your inbox. So you can then set aside time to fix your website, your asset. And usually it, it's the first two months that are the most the most painstaking, you know, it, it takes time. Yes. But like once you fix the majority of them, it's usually smooth sailing from there. So fix them first, the first month or two, and then just have a system moving forward of how to properly upload your content. And it seems like a lot of these things that the audit would find primarily speaks to the user experience, yeah, navigation menus with URLs and really 
that's your focus of your website, right? That, that's what you're doing it for is for the user. So if they're, yeah, if their user experience is slowed down, hampered, frustrating, you know, from errors that you could have fixed quite easily, I mean, maybe time consuming wise, but easily, you're, you're doing them a disservice and you're likely to lose, you know, either customers or potential customers because you, you know, you're not doing something quite as basic as running the audit. Exactly. And it, it'll cost you and that will show up in the back end of the website too. As far as your Google analytics, you'll see like engagement and time on page and you know, your all of those engagement KPIs, those metrics, like like what falls mm-hmm. into engagement, which we should probably do an episode on, that will slowly start to drop and your engagement time will start to drop and then slowly like your customer base is just gonna disappear because yeah. you have a shitty website. And these yeah. tools are, are designed to fix that for you. We're not fixing it for you. It's just highlight it and tell you how to fix it. Pardon me. Right. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. And obviously, you know, Screaming Frog and there's other companies out there that offer you know, website audits. And if it's automated, you don't think about it. You just get a report that shows up in your email. Yeah, exactly. And if, if you have a certain like content schedule, you can just coincide it with your, your content schedule yeah. or con- content calendar. It's like, okay, we're going to put up these child pages on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, yeah. we're just going to triple check that everything has been uploaded properly. Something like that. It's just like the, these tools are super easy to use. Like they, they're, they're designed with the end user in mind. And so when, when you really dial those things down, you can become so efficient with this. It's daunting at first. Like the first time I saw this, I was like, what the, like, what the <laughs> hell am I looking at? Right. And then now it's just like, okay, this is wrong. This is wrong. So let's just fix it. And then we don't have to worry about it anymore. I know we did. We had an audit for a client a while ago. And do you remember how many 301s we had to do? Oh my gosh. Like the entire blogs. Yeah, that was a whole mess. That wouldn't absolutely. so long. I mean, it was worth it in the end because obviously we got, got the structure right as we needed to. But I remember just being overwhelmed by seeing how, how many we had to do. <laughs> and, and just like looking at it initially, like when we first open up that part of the website you're saying, oh, your like, heart sinks it's like oh <laughs> like you, you you know what has to be done and you know it's going to take yeah. like four hours and it's like, oh, yeah right. like, i know oh, we ended up just splitting it in the end because there was just so many of them yeah it worked out well in the end but it had to be done yeah it is what it is well i don't think i have any more questions about audit unless i've missed something that you think we need to go over no just use them we use SEMrush, we use Ahrefs, and we use Screaming Frog. Mm-hmm. Just audit your website, automate it, spend the, the very first audit is going to take the most time. Once you clean up that initial audit, it gets easier from that point forward. Well, all right. So I guess that's it for website audits. We will be back with another episode soon. You can come back to find out if Charlie's broken a leg on his new mountain bike mm-hmm. and if Optimus Prime has returned to wherever he came from or if I just have a very large garden ornament facing me every day. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, you can find us on YouTube and you can also find us on LinkedIn where we will be very happy to chat with you. Until then, we'll see you soon. Peace.
And that's a wrap for today's episode of the High Rankings Podcast, brought to you by Dispensary Growth, the preeminent SEO agency for dispensaries. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you found value in the insight and the tips we shared. If you did, please hit that subscribe button. And if you're feeling super generous, we would love it if you left us a review. If there's a specific topic you'd like us to cover in a future episode, or if you have any questions, you can go ahead and find us on LinkedIn or YouTube. We'll see you next time.